What's up, sons and daughters? It's Sam Jesse, and I am joined by a very special guest, big friend of the program, longtime friend of the program, Shelton Moss. Shelton, thanks for joking, joining the Hokey Ball Show. Sam, it has been an honor. This is uh, this has been a long time coming, my appearance on the show, so I'm very glad to be on. Well, it'll be the first of many. I'm sure it is a long baseball season. Uh, I am currently in Raleigh, North Carolina, dealing with some allergy season. If you have ever been to this area, um, allergy season is pretty tough. Everything here right now is covered in pollen. So uh, if I'm a little nasally, that's why. But we fight through it. We're hurt, not injured. And we're going to talk some hokey baseball. Sheldon, I'm going to be totally honest. Not great baseball since uh, I last hopped on this show with uh, TSL reporter Chris Hirons. Hokies are now sitting at 12-7 and seven and 1-5 and in the ACC. They have dropped from the D1 baseball top 25. They now set at number 58 in the RPI. Not a great, not a great couple of weeks for the Hokies. No, not a great couple of weeks. You know, uh, you started off with Boston College last week. A very surprisingly good Boston College team, by the way. They're uh, they're doing pretty well, and I'm sure you'll talk about it soon. Uh, but he lost two out of three to them. Offense kind of falters. And then next week against Miami, uh, the offense is there, but the pitching set just kind of falls apart late in a couple of games. So, you know, a couple of winnable games that the Hokies let slip away. Obviously, Miami's a very good team as well. they got a very good offense. But, you know, my, my thing is, like, in the ACC, you just want to avoid getting swept. And the Hokies were able to do that. They got swept by Miami, so they're now down to 1-5 and five in the ACC. Like we saw last year, you know, if you start off slow in baseball, it's not the end of the world. You know, Tech started 0-4 to start uh, ACC play last season, ended up having a great year. So you don't want to say that, you know, this season's over or anything like that. It's really far from it. But uh, certainly, a 1-5 starts not ideal in conference play. Not ideal. And let's go back to the last time. It's It's been a little bit since we covered stuff. So, you know, let's go back a little bit further if we can. The Hokies did play a home series against Charlotte, the 49ers, a uh, a good Charlotte team. 3-0 swept that series. Game one was a 13-11 walk-off winner by Chris Cannizzaro. Uh, game two, a 6-3 win. Again, Chris Cannizzaro, he was 4-5 for five in that game with three RBIs. Christian Worley pitched really well in that second game of the Charlotte series as well. Five innings, only giving up two hits, having seven strikeouts and zero earned runs. And in game three, a pretty dominant performance again by the Hokies, 12 to four winners. And Sheldon, stop me if you heard this before, but Chris Canizera went three for five with two RBIs. Hokies, a little bit more of a bullpen game. They had six pitchers combined to give up only four hits and only four earned runs. 12 walks in that game, though. So Hokies have been giving up some free bases earlier this season. Coach John Sheff is really high on not giving up free bases. So like to cut down on that a little bit thoughts on that series wrap it up real quick could be an important rpi boost charlotte's a decent team uh they are currently two and one in the in conference usa with a series run against louisiana tech they have an impressive a really impressive midweek win against south carolina so that's a charlotte team that could very well win conference usa uh, they're currently sitting in the top 100 of the rpi so could be an important 3-0 sweep for the Hokies. Definitely. And even though Charlotte's 9-11, I, I think it's a little bit misleading. They're, they're a good team. I mean, they're top 80 in the uh, Massey ratings, which is kind of like a, you know advanced uh, rating system. Kind of similar a little bit to Ken Palm for basketball. Um, a little bit different. But you know, they're, they're a good team. I think as the season progresses, you know, that you'll start to see the uh, talent kind of shine out. But that's a good win, a serious sweep for Tech. Um, you know, again, they've got Tech has quality wins in their schedule. I mean, I'm not too worried about it right now. They've obviously not playing good balls uh, as of late. But, you know, you, you sweep Charlotte, 
Uh, you get the series win against College of Charleston. Like, I mean, those are some those are some good conference wins, uh, non-conference wins. So, you know, I think their uh, non-conference is stacking up pretty well so far. Yep, setting up well. Uh, you know, I think overall, if you can take care of it in the non-conference, the ACC is going to give you so many opportunities for big wins. You just got to take it in stride and win the midweeks, win the non-conference when you can. Uh, next, Hokies had a two-game midweek series with UMass Law. I'll put that up there. There we go. Uh, pretty dominant stuff from the Hokies against a UMass Law team that, look, the Hokies should dominate them, but that's a team that could end up winning their conference as well. Uh, first game, a 22-4 to win. The Hokies hit 489 as a team in that game. That went about how it sounds. Game two, a little bit closer. It was a seven to four win for the Hokies. Hokies, another again, another bullpen day. Hokies had seven pitchers combined to give up only six hits, gave up six walks, but struck out 11. So good midweek for the Hokies. That's pretty dominant. Outscoring the opponent 29 to eight. Um, I mean, that's what you expect, right? Yeah, it is what you expect. I mean, like I said, you know, you can't make too much of those types of games. Um, you know, if you're if you're if you're a good team playing bad competition, like you want to dominate them, and that's what Tech did. Um, I remember one game where they scored 22 against Radford a couple of years ago, but outside of that, I don't remember many 20 plus run games that Tech has had in recent memories. So, uh, I mean, that certainly goes to show how good how good the offense is. Yeah, they did have a 17 to two win over Radford earlier this year, but yeah, 20 plus right. is a uh, is a pretty outstanding number. All right, let's get into the, the the meat of this stuff because then the Hokies hosted. Boston College. Now, a little bit about this series. Boston College series, a little bit inclement weather, so they play the Friday evening game, and then they play a doubleheader on Saturday, less than ideal weather. Obviously not an excuse, but having that doubleheader on Saturday, I think, ended up hurting the Hokies. Hokies dropped this series to Boston College. Let's start with the Friday win. A dominant Friday win, 13-3 to win. And I think what was so important about this game Griffin Green, who has struggled a little bit to start this year. We talked about it. Uh, he's been pitching good stuff, but overall, the box scores is a bit unkind to him. He was unable to get some you know, key ground outs or anything like that when he needed. But he did pretty well in this game. Only pitched four and a third innings, but only gave up two hits and two walks. Had five strikeouts and only two earned runs. It's good to see Griffin Green where the Hokies need him to be as the Friday starter. Yeah, um, he's had a couple, you know, good recent starts. Um, the thing that's so important as a Friday start is just giving your team, uh, you know, extending extended innings. Because you know, the thing is, if you if you're a Friday starter and you get roughed up, um, you know, that means the bullpen's going to come in Friday, and you're essentially you're pretty you're putting your bullpen in a bad spot for the rest of the weekend, essentially. So I think you know, from my understanding, what Coach Chef has done is sort of you know have Green be that Friday guy, even though he's not necessarily an ace, uh, you know, so to speak. Um, you put him on Friday. The idea is if you can get that Friday one, then you've got your best, you know, two guys coming up after that, you know, to try to win the series. So that's that's the uh, the thinking there. You know, I think um, Arguelles and uh, Hackenberg are certainly capable of, you know, uh, taking up that that sort of ace role, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, it, the more the Hokies can get from Green, uh, the better they're going to be because you know he's he's the kind of the table setter on that Friday Friday game. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Um, and then you can also throw out some guys in your bullpen and go for a little bit longer. And those two guys right now for the Hokies, Henry Weicker pitched three and two thirds innings, only giving up a hit and zero earned runs. And then Matthew Siverling, really good to see him back in the fold after an injury ridden season last year. He pitched uh, he pitched the last inning 
of that game. And this game, I think also you saw some Hokies that were outside of the usual suspects have good hitting in this game. Carson Jones was two for four with three RBIs and David Bryant was two for four with two RBIs. So good to see you know some of the guys deeper in the Hokies lineup get some hits in that one. But then Saturday's games, I think you can just boil it down to the Hokies weren't clutch in those games. You know, they couldn't come up with the clutch hit. They couldn't come up with, you know, when you needed to drive a guy in, couldn't do it. An eight to five loss on the first game on Saturday where the Hokies, they out hit Boston College 10 to eight, and they only had one error while Boston College had two. And that's going to happen sometimes, right? Uh, Cameron Leary for Boston College had a three run homer in the third inning, and that was the difference. It's always tough, I, I think, to lose the first loss. Always, we talk about this in football. The first loss always kind of hits a little harder because you're not expecting it. Obviously, this wasn't the first loss of the season for the Hokies, but it felt like this was a comeback to earth game or day, I guess that Saturday, after the Hokies were just blowing people out for a while. Right. And that's the thing, you know, baseball is a sport that's going to always humble you. You know, the thing I look at back, I look at in game two of that uh, Saturday doubleheader. Hokies had nine walks as a team issued by their pitching staff. Boston College had just three. So you add another hit batter, that's 10 free passes that they issued. Now, one thing I would want to mention, you alluded to this a second ago, Sam, uh, the walks have been a major problem for Tech this year. I was looking at the numbers. Uh, Tech currently leads the ACC uh, in in walk rate, 13%. Ideally, you want to get that down below 10% because 13% is just way too high. Um, you just cannot afford to uh, to get that many free passes, especially if you know if you're a staff like Tech, where you know the 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 pitching numbers in terms of power, they've been sort of okay. But you know if you're going to give up walks and then you know you give them 26 home runs as a staff, you know those two, that's that's not a good combination. So you just got to limit the free pass as much as possible. Yeah, and I think that's why. You know, John Chef talks about that so much. No free bases, no free bases, because he knows you can have something where you give up a couple walks or you hit a batter or, you know, you give up a steal when you probably shouldn't have given up a steal and one swing of the bat. And that makes a big difference. Boston College has done a really good job early this season of taking advantage of that. And you saw it there and we saw it in the next game in game three, a seven to three loss for the Hokies, both teams with nine hits, no errors for the Hokies. But again, it was. One swing of the bat was the difference. Travis Honeyman, a grand slam in the seventh, gave Boston College the lead. They never looked back. You know, I think that being on a doubleheader, you can kind of just chalk it up to that's a tough day for the Hokies. Um, I don't think anyone played particularly bad. They didn't have a pitcher just suck. I mean, Drew Hackenberg and Anthony Arguez were fine. Um, defensively, the Hokies were pretty good. Only one error between two games. But, you know... You'd like to come out with at least one of those. Obviously, disappointing to lose a series. Boston College is a bit better of a team than I think we thought they were going to be. Definitely. But this this might be one where in a month or two, we look back and say, man, that's losing a series to Boston College at home was maybe, you know, might be a little bit harmful for the Hokies when it comes to the ACC standings late in the year. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of looking at the numbers. I mean, have to give me a quick uh, Google here. So they're 25th in the Massey ratings, 14 and 4. I mean, you know, Boston College isn't a program you'd normally associate with having great baseball, but it's like at some point you just got to look at the at the stats and say like, yeah, they're a good team. I mean, and that's just, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. They're not the punching bag that they have been in years past. You know, they um, start off the year, didn't have a great strength of schedule, but, uh, you know, they beat um, obviously Tech 3 They beat Tennessee in extra innings. 
um, and they took two out of three from Florida State. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty good resume. On the road, too. I mean, obviously, yeah. you don't want to be playing baseball in, in Boston in March, but um, yeah. both of those series wins on the road. So, kind of reminds me of what Pittsburgh was able to do, where Pitt kind of just came out of nowhere with a veteran team and just won some games. Boston College kind of doing that same thing. Every year in the ACC, somebody who's rated high drops down a bit and someone who's rated low punches above their weight. And this year, it might be Boston College. They're certainly playing well. Um, Yeah, and then overall for the Hokies, I think to wrap this one up, hit 271 over the doubleheader on Saturday, only walked six times and they struck out 18 times. Uh, It's just not a winning formula in college baseball. It's I, I think this one was just kind of on the bats. So tough, tough series loss. Then the Hokies travel down to Miami. Now, granted, the Hokies had won two straight series against Miami. Pretty impressive. Not this time. It was a close, hard-fought two of the games. One of the games, not so much. Hokies get swept in Coral Gables at the light. Game one, tough, tough loss. Four to three loss against the Canes. Hokies actually had a three to one lead after a Carson Jones two RBI homer in the fourth inning. But after that, the Hokies really struggled against a good Miami bullpen. Hokies got zero hits off the Miami bullpen. Only one walk struck out six times. And Miami star player Yo-Yo Morales with a walk-off double to win that game. Look, it's always tough to lose on a walk-off, but especially on the road when you have a win that could be so, so clutch for the Hokies. You you know, that's just baseball for you. It is, yeah. I mean, you had a lead in two of the games, so, you know, from one perspective, it's like, oh, we're not that far away. But at the same time, you know, you, it's just so tough and you let that slip away. And again, you know, talking about, you know, the strikeouts and everything, uh, one thing I noticed doing some research, Tech has had three 15-plus strikeout games this year. Last year, they did not have any. So I think, um, you know, the strikeouts have been a little bit more of a problem than last season. It's, you know, it's it's not the worst thing. I mean, you look at the offense, the batting average is there, the slugging percentage is there, they're still mashing home runs. But when it comes to, like, that situational stuff of just, you know, putting the ball in play, you know, having a, having a high strikeout rate uh, is definitely not ideal for that. So you want to cut that down for sure. Yeah, and that's, you know, that was such a key for Virginia Tech last year was just put the ball in play. Virginia Tech's a really athletic team, not as athletic as they were last year with, you know, Schobel, Bittison, and Cross on the base paths, but still a pretty athletic team that can make stuff happen on the base paths. And when you're not putting the ball in play, you don't have that opportunity. You don't, you don't have that opportunity to create some errors or drive somebody in or, you know, shift base runners around. So, you know, for the Hokies, I think going forward, that's probably their big key is, eliminating free bases and then maybe finding some free bases here or there or eliminating strikeouts. I also think, you know, looking at this game one, Virginia tech has struggled on Fridays this year. They have the one win against Boston college, but you know, it took a extra innings against Charlotte. You lose the Friday against college of Charleston, uh, struggle on the Friday against Bryant. I believe, you know, it's, it was a while ago, but yeah, they actually lost that game against Bryant seven to three. So on Fridays, the Hokies have our one in three. Um, you, you need, you'd like to be better on that than that on Fridays. That's, it's really tough to win series when you're losing the first game of three. So again, Griffin green, I thought pitched fine in this game. He gave up a few too many hits, seven hits in four and a third innings, probably not where you want to be, but 
you know, he he pitched fine against a really, really good offensive lineup, uh, one of the tops in the ACC. Uh, so similar to the Boston College series, it was a doubleheader on Saturday. It started off and, well, the game was 21-6. to six. <laughs> We'll put it that way. Miami scored 10 runs in the seventh to really blow that one open. Just kind of uh, the ball just got rolling and there was – there was no stopping it. Drew Hackenberg was the starter for the Hokies. I love Drew. He's an all ACC caliber pitcher. Just not his day. Uh, four and two thirds innings gave up 10 hits, two walks, only four strikeouts, seven earned runs. Really what it looked like more than anything was just struggled for that final pitch, that final strikeout pitch. Miami has really good plate discipline and they're hitters that, you know, and basically, we talk about like a shoebox when the count gets down, right? Wait for a pitch in your shoebox. They're really good at that. They're really good at waiting for their pitch, and they don't try to do too much with it. Yeah, that's that's a tough outing for the Hokies, and you want to be able to take something from every game. But a twenty-one to six loss, you might just need to sweep that under the rug. Yeah, I mean, look, baseball, you know, I had a coach that was telling me this the other day, like sometimes in baseball, you can't hit, you can't pitch, you can't field. And you, you, you play in this game long enough, like those are the days are, are going to happen just like that. So just got to put it behind you. Um, I will say that, you know, when you look at a guy like Drew Hackenberg, he has never been a big strikeout pitcher. Uh, and neither has Green for that matter either. Now, I do think there is an art to pitch into contact, uh, but at the same time, you know, if you have a guy who's, you know, trying to, you know, he's not going to overpower you, kind of like, you know, pitch around, get fly balls, try to get ground balls, depending on, uh, you know, what type of pitcher they are. Um, sometimes, you know, the ball just isn't going to, isn't going to fall your way. Um, and that's kind of how it goes. Um, so I think, you know, Hackenberg, look, I have confidence in him. He's still, he's still a sophomore. He's, he's getting there. We saw, you know, what he did last season. Um, so I think with a bigger sample size, things will kind of even out. But I'm just saying, you know, as a guy, like if you're not going to have overpowering stuff, sometimes, you know, when, when those balls going to play, like we said, you know, they're going to they're going to drop. Um, and so you just got to, you know, kind of keep keep working at it. Yep. And game three for the Hokies better, but still not the result you wanted. A 12 to nine loss. Uh, Hokies had 13 hits in that game too. only scored six runs, but you got 13 hits. It's not like the offense couldn't do anything um, in game three somewhat similar the offense played pretty well got 11 hits Miami only had nine so you out hit them but still come up with a loss Hokies took the lead in the eighth inning with another Carson Jones to run homer Hokies led nine to six but Miami scored six runs in the eighth inning in that inning they had four hits were walked twice and there was one fielding error what I thought was you know tough for the Hokies is they tried four different pitchers in that inning. Uh, they threw uh, Jonah Herney came in for Tyler Dean to start the inning. Then they brought out Higgins, Settlinger, and Stieg. None of them could really get it done. None of them could grab strikeouts. And, and that's something where it's hard, where once an inning gets going, once guys get on the base paths, if you're not getting strikeouts, it's hard to get out of that inning without giving up a lot of damage. It just happens. You know, I think that's one where, you know, maybe you don't commit that error maybe a line drive goes right to an outfielder instead of just to the left of them and you get an out that way. That's the difference in this game, right? So the Hokies, yeah, they lost the series 0-3, but they were leading in both of those games, lost one of them on a walk-off, and the next one they were leading in the eighth inning. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I think the bullpen, you know, the bullpen has been pretty good for the majority of this year, which, you know, we can we can talk about. It just was not good in this game. But, you know, they've um, I think Tech has uh, one of their strengths is their bullpen depth. Um, and you talk about, you know, their ability to go throw multiple guys in those innings. It's kind of different from last year where it was like, you know, you're just trying to like throw, you know, throw uh, darts at the board, um, so to speak. You know, this year they've got really good uh, reliable guys. You look at some of the stats here. I was, I was uh, looking up the uh, the numbers. You take a guy like uh, Brady Kurtner. I mean, he's striking out almost half the batters he's facing. Like he's got a 44% strikeout rate. I mean, that's very good. Hasn't given up a hit yet so far in seven innings. Uh, you mentioned Henry Weicker. He's at 37% for the strikeout rate. Also up there is Christian Worley. So, I mean, they've, they've got good arms. It's just, you know, they kind of all kind of had a, had a bad day at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's going to happen. Um, you know, credit to coach, coach chef and coach Fechtal. They, they threw everything they could to win this game. Um, that's a really good Miami team though. I mean, very, very good. They're battle tested. They're really talented. They know how to play offensively. I, I think for the Hokies, this was very reminiscent of the George tech series last year, where you played a really good team on the road early in the season and the other team came up with clutch hits and the Hokies didn't. Um, even down to, you know, an error late in the game, kind of sparking the winning inning for for George Tech last year. Same kind of thing happened this year. And look, those things are going to happen. You would like to avoid them, but it's not like the Hokies went down there and got smacked all three games. Yes, one game got out of hand. The other two, ball bounces one way and, you know, one piece of contact. Hokies might win that series. So overall, Head held high going into the rest of the season. There's a lot to play for. Not the start that you wanted, but it it could be a lot worse. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. And, you know, that's the reason they play, you know, a 30-game season, a uh, 30-game conference season. You feel about last year as well. Like, the one the one uh, positive point from last year's uh, tough starts of the year is that the Tech was competitive in every game, like you mentioned. Now, this year... There have been a couple of blowouts. It's, it's not quite as competitive as it was last year, but, you know, you talk about this one of games having a lead late in the eighth inning. Uh, they're, they're close. They're close, and that's the most important thing. Um, you can always predict how well a team, you know, roughly how well a team is going to do going forward you know, based on, you know, are you competitive in your games? And right now, Tech is competitive. They're just not quite there. And hopefully, eventually, the, the breaks will start to go their way. Let's stick with the positivity. I like that. Yes. Early in the season, let's stay positive. What are three th- – I, I have three things that I loved – from this uh, throw in whatever you want. My number one thing is, is like we've said, the offense has continued to produce. There really hasn't been too many games this year where the offense hasn't done anything. Um, Yes. I I think they need to get a little bit more clutch at times, but this is still an offense that's putting up a ton of runs. They're dangerous one through nine. They have guys that can plug and play, Uh, you know, guys like Eddie Iser, Carson Jones, uh, you know, they're coming up with big hits. They're not, it's the Hokies aren't just four or five guys at the top of the order. It's a full lineup again this year. And I think that'll pay dividends for the Hokies later in the year. So offense continuing to produce, continuing to put the bat on the ball. Do need to cut down on strikeouts. I agree, but overall you have to be happy with the Hokies offense so far. Yeah, the biggest positive from the offense, I think, is that the power numbers are there. You know, they're top 30 in batting average, top uh, six in slugging. Um, they're hitting a bunch of home runs, you know, not drawing as many walks as ideally you'd like to. But, you know, part of that's because they're just mashing the ball around. Like a guy like Chris Canizaro, you know, he's not drawing a lot of walks, but he's hitting doubles and home runs. Like, that's the reason why. Um, yep. So, um, you know, cut down on strikeouts a little bit. I agree as well. 
Um, I'm probably going to, you know, wait for things to kind of play out, play out a little bit more before I start, you know, making too many uh, conclusions from the, the stats we've seen thus far. But the early returns are pretty good. And honestly, you know, if you go to the games and just you want to watch based on the eye test, like you can tell these guys are all, you know, capable ACC level hitters, guys like Canizaro and Hurley. We know what he's capable of. Um, you know, they've got the bat speed, the physical tools, like none of that stuff, you know, I'm just, I'm not worried about the offense. Like I, I have a ton of trust in coach Kurt Elbin, who's done a great job with, with the hitters, you know, the past few years. I mean, that's, that's a spot where I think tech eventually will be fine. They just got to figure out the pitching. Yeah. And speaking of the pitching, uh, another positive I had Griffin green seems to have been getting back to his old self, a little bit of struggle early in the year, but the last two starts for him have been pretty good. Uh, over those last two starts, in both of them, he went four and a third inning. He's only given up four earned runs in those eight and two-thirds innings. Pretty good stuff. Again, you don't expect him to be this all-world ace. You don't expect him to get a ton of strikeouts. He's a bit of a contact pitcher. But when he can go out there and give you four-plus, maybe five innings, and then you can work some of your longer bullpen guys, you like that as a Friday starter. Yeah, definitely. It's all about it's all about that. And look, if he if he does struggle, then you know I think if you're chef, you might want to consider kind of readjusting the rotation because you you can't just afford to have your bullpen you know get exhausted on day one. Um, so for the time being, like you said, you know five innings, hopefully six. Like he's not because you know he he pitches contact. He's not a guy that's really going to go you know super super long. So just get five out of him, ideally six. It's probably the good benchmark, and then just have the bullpen go from there. Because I really like this bullpen. I mean, I I really do. I think they've got you know the 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 peripherals are there they, they're striking guys out like that's the most important thing um so you know the depth there's much better and i think that's going to bode well going forward yep and um you know last thing i loved Hokies. i think going into this season the question was the Hokies will have star power but will that star power be able to match what guys like shobel and cross and bittison and kate hunter did last year so far, the top of the Hokies lineup has done that. Chris Canizar, Chris Canizaro, Jack Hurley, and Carson Martini as a group are hitting 348. You like how they've been playing. Um, they've been doing it in the field as well, have been very good. I think if you're the Hokies, you feel like that core of three guys, and then you can add in, you know, Eddie Iser, who's been playing really well, has had some good games. Carson Jones seems to have come on well as well you feel like your core of your lineup, you can take that up against any pitcher in the ACC. Correct. Yes. I mean, like I said, they've all got the tools. And I could also, if I may, you maybe talk about the defense too. You know, I feel like last year, uh, Tech, in my opinion, Tech's pitching staff overperformed because of how good their defense was. Like, you mm-hmm. look at the defensive alignment, you got, you know, Gavin Cross, a stud in center field, Tanner Schobel, a stud at shortstop. Uh, Carson Martini, Eddie, Eddie Malinowski at second base, he's a lockdown defender. And you get Nick Bittison as well. You know, all those guys, you know, except for um, Demartini are gone. I mean, Malinowski is still there, but he's not playing as many games. Um, so I think just based on kind of the stats I've looked at, some of the more advanced metrics, I don't think Tech's defense is quite as good as they were last season. Now, you might feel differently, if, you know, based on just what you've seen. But I think part of the pitching struggles is not just, you know, the, the pitchers themselves, but also the the, the defensive regression. Um, so, you know, like I said, you know, if you've got a good defense, that that will make any pitcher look good because you can, you know, convert uh, balls hit in play to outs. That's that's what it's all about. It's converting, you know, balls hit in the field to outs. And that's what they did, they did a great job of last year. And as a result, the pitching staff did a great job. Um they uh, tech finished last year. They had the highest, or excuse me, they had the lowest ERA in conference play. 
Um, so I think they got they got better as the year progressed. And again, part of it was always defense. So you got to have the defense if you want to if you want to get outs. Yeah, and I, I think part of that fielding as well. The Hokies have a lot of guys who, you know, this year, guys like Schobel, Bittison, they're going to make a lot of plays. I think this year the Hokies is more about avoiding mistakes in the field, which is totally fine. If you can avoid errors in the field, you're you're doing pretty well. So, you know, I don't – the Hokies, I would like to see a little bit more flash from the field. They haven't turned a lot of double plays. And Martini is a walking highlight at third base, but outside of him yeah. – you know, you need to still be rangy on the infield. Uh, the outfield's been fine. If guys are hitting home runs, there's obviously nothing you can do about that. So, you know, I think the Hokies feel good about their fielding much better than it was, you know, a few years ago where the Hokies really struggled. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't think you're gonna see, you're gonna see an increase in ERA just by you know the math is gonna have you you know regress a little bit from what the Hokies were showing last year. So bats will. Need to, need to keep up with that. Something yeah, and like like I said, like I said, just real quick, you know, like I said, it's you know, even though um, the defense might not be quite as good, the good news is is that Texas bullpen is much better at getting strikeouts. So if you if you can just prevent the ball from being hit at all, that's always a good thing. So so in that respect, you know, there's there's much more uh, you know, there's reason to be positive. All right, something that needs to improve, Shelton. Um, I mean. Let's see. Um, I would say um, some guys have struggled with strikeouts this year. Um, you just look down the line. Um, Carson Jones has had a rough time. He's about 30% strikeout. You know, he's a guy that's a big power hitter. So you, know, you kind of, that comes with the territory a little bit. Uh, Michelle is about 32%. David Bryan, 29%. Um, and then, you know, Garrett Giebel and uh, Eddie Eisert up there as well. So that's probably one thing I look at. It's like, you know, can they hit for power? Yes, but they're also going to to whiff a lot. Um, I expect those numbers to kind of go down as the uh, as the year progresses. Hopefully, you know, if assuming that these guys these guys are as good as I think they are, and uh, I think they are that good. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing is just you know being able to hit hit for contact a little bit better. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, the other thing I would say was your know, bullpen consistency. Um, you got to be able to rely on guys. You know, sometimes you're not going to have it and that's okay. But as a staff, you need to be able to get the job done. I think what we saw in that Miami series was late in game when the ball went to the bullpen and, hey, we need outs right here. They just weren't able to get it done. I, I think going forward in this season with how incredibly, incredibly deep and talented the ACC is, the bullpen's going to need to be relied on a lot because you're not always going to be able to get four plus innings out of your starter. I mean, it's, it's going to happen in some games. Bullpen's got to come through. Another thing, haven't gotten the clutch hits yet. You know, had a few, but if you look at the Boston College series and you look at the Miami series, there were just some instances where the Hokies needed a hit, they needed a run, and just couldn't get it. Obviously, sometimes you're going to get that, sometimes you're not. But overall, when you lose, you know, so much star power in Tanner Schobel, Gavin Cross, you know, all those guys, other guys need to be able to step up in those clutch roles. We've seen a couple of that. We've seen Chris Canizero do pretty well. But other than that, some guys are going to need to step up and come with those clutch hits. All right. Last segment of review that we have, our player of the weeks. For me, I'm going to go Carson Jones, mostly because we've seen him return to being a power hitter. He was four and four of eight in the series against Miami with two home runs and four RBI. 
really, really good stuff from him. If he can get back to how he was playing at the end of last year and continue to play how he did against Miami, I think that makes the Hokies lineup really, really dangerous, adding a power bat who's going to hit probably sixth or seventh in the lineup. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking, it seemed like last year, it was kind of a case where everything just kind of clicked. Like you had you had all these guys kind of come together and have career years. You know, everyone's healthy. And I think one of the most impressive stories was Carson Jones. Like he comes out of nowhere, like late in the season and hits eight home runs in 21 games. And you're just like, like how on earth is this happening? So it was good to see him, you know, kind of improve. Um, I think uh, with, with the way last year kind of ended for him, you sort of expect like, okay, now he's arrived. Like he's going to be a big fixture in this lineup. But the power numbers didn't really materialize until – you know, last couple of weeks, but now I think he seems to be getting more on track. Um, you know, he's hitting the ball harder. Um, so I, I certainly expect a lot of good things coming from uh, Carson Jones. Again, if he can cut down those strikeouts. Yep. And the Hokies will need the back half of that lineup to continue to perform. Um, you know, if you have two or three guys who are carrying your whole offense, then you're not going to really win a lot of games because there's going to be too many empty innings. Something that, you know, I talked about in the last podcast with Chris Hirons was seemed like the Hokies offense was pretty reliant on big innings on kind of getting to the bullpen need to be able to chip away at a team a little bit and haven't really seen that too much. Uh, Hokies will need to continue to kind of just one through nine produce. And I think a main part of that is like you said, getting those strikeout numbers down, get on base somehow. Uh, if you can knock a guy over, do that. If you need to play a little bit of small ball here or there, do that, but you have to avoid the empty outs. All right. So I know you want to get to the game today where the Hokies right. host the Virginia military Institute Kedets. Uh really good opportunity for the Hokies to get back on track. Uh, VMI, not a bad team, but, one, you should expect the Hokies to win, and you should expect the Hokies to. I, I think this is almost like a mental reset game at home against VMI. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I followed VMI this year. Um, they have a very good offense. They steal a ton of bases. Um, now, level of competition, probably not great. Again, you'd expect Tech to win. I don't know if they put down the money lines for uh, college baseball games, but uh, certainly the Hokies are going to be favored by a few runs in this one, uh, but just a good chance to, you know, kind of get off this losing streak. And then you got Pitt coming up next week, which, you know, you'll mention um, another good chance to win an ACC series against an t- opponent that's a little bit down. Um, so right now, this is just a chance to kind of right the ship and get some uh, positive mojo going. Yep. VMI currently number 163 in the D1 baseball RPI. Uh, that's a, you know, roughly middle of the road. Hokies would like to get a win in that one. And then Pittsburgh travel, Road series against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh struggled a bit, eight and nine to start the year, one and five in the ACC. They are all the way at 225 in the RPI. Should be an opportunity for the Hokies to get a road series dub. I think if you were, you know, looking into ACC series, that could be a potential sweep for the Hokies. That would be one. But of course, you got to go up there and play well. Everyone's talented in this conference. There are no easy weekends. Yep, you just got to take, like last year, just take it one game at a time. Eventually, everything will work itself out. All right, Sheldon. Well, I know you want to get to that game. Hokies will host VMI today. By the time this comes out, the Hokies will be probably traveling up to Pittsburgh to play that game. You can watch that game on ACC Network Extra. All three of those games will be up there. Should be a good time. Hokies will have a much-needed weekend series win, we hope. Certainly so. All right. Well, thanks, Sean, for coming on. We'll be back next week. 
Who knows who my guests will be? We'll figure that out, but should be a fun time. Thank you for coming on, Sheldon. Yep, it has been an absolute pleasure, man. We'll do it again sometime. All right, see you. Time to wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking Please don't go to sweat sick and trash Do you?